Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey, well, what's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing so very, very well today. Uh, if we've not met before, my name is Travis. I get to be our campus pastor for our Sertoma campus on the beautiful and sunny west side of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. What's up, Sertoma, by the way? And what's up, campuses and network churches? So glad that all of you are with us today. By the way, uh, if any of you live on the west side of Sioux Falls and you're not currently attending our Sertoma campus, I just wanted to invite you to start. We have an incredible community of people over there. And also, uh, we just got a Chick-fil-A right across the street, which is very exciting. And the cool thing about that is that if you go there after church on a Sunday, you don't even have to wait in line. And if you don't know why that's funny, it's because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. But... uh, We are in a message series right now called Acts of the Apostles, uh, named after a book in the Bible called Acts of the Apostles, or Acts, right? And uh, uh, personally, I think a little bit about Acts. I think Acts is a very cool book. Um, I kind of like to think about it as the now what book of the Bible. Um, Like Jesus, uh, many of us know the Easter story. He died on a cross. He was raised back to life. But now what? Like what happens next? Well, the book of Acts tells us, or like when the earliest church first started, Jesus, he's gone back up into heaven, but he leaves behind his friends and his followers and his family members without their leader and their teacher. Now what? What do they do next? Well, again, the book of Acts tells us. And so today, uh, we're going to look at another now what. And our now what for today is a very wild one, so I'm excited to get to it. But before we do that, um, today uh, is a time of day, and this year is a kind of year where uh, a lot of people dress up in costumes. And so I thought I would show you a picture of a time that I dressed up in a costume. Uh, so this is me uh, and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, and I believe that we're about seniors in high school at this point. And uh, yes, I am dressed as Disney's Aladdin. Um, And you can't see it in the photo, but I am wearing an earring that is not a part of the costume. Uh, That's just a part of how awesome I was. Uh, And my girlfriend at the time, uh, she is, of course, dressed as Disney's Jasmine. She's also wearing earrings. Hers are less embarrassing than mine. Um, Now, if you don't know me, you might be wondering, uh, why do you keep calling the girl in the photo your girlfriend at the time? That's your wife, Jessie. Uh, and you're right, that is my wife, Jessie. Here's a recent picture of us to prove it. Uh, that's me and Jessie and our sweet daughter, PJ. Uh, not seen in the photo, actually very exciting stuff. It's Jessie's baby bump. We have another little girl due in January, which is very exciting. Uh, but I called the girl in the Jasmine costume my girlfriend at the time and not my wife uh, because the girl in the photo is not the same woman that I'm married to today. She has the same name, but she is not the same woman. And uh, if it wasn't awkward to say it, if it wasn't kind of a weird sentence that didn't make any sense, I'd call the boy in the photo me at the time, uh, because while he and I have the same name, we are no longer the same people. And Jesse and I were not the same people because something happened to us. And the same thing that happened to us has happened to many of you and also happened to a man named Saul. And we're going to take a look at Saul's story today. So if you have your Bible with you, or maybe you have uh, this green book of Acts that you may have gotten a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'd love for you to take it out and turn to chapter 9. Chapter 9 in the book of Acts, and we're actually going to get started at the very top of chapter 9 in verse 1. It says this. It says, Meanwhile, 
Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So this is a little bit of a rough introduction of Saul. We meet Saul as he's actively breathing out murderous threats, meaning he's actively trying to kill people. It actually says in chapter 8, just before this, that Saul just oversaw the murder of a young Christian named Stephen. And then it says he went on to try to destroy the church. And that's what he's doing right now. And scripture actually says he takes great pleasure in tracking down these people, anyone who's called the way, which is what they called Christians at the time, right? Because it was a way of living. Any one of these followers of Jesus, he would track them down, he would beat them, he would imprison them, and sometimes even kill them. You might be wondering, why? Like, why would he do this. And it actually alludes to why in verse 2. It says he went to the high priest and asked for letters of approval, and he got it, meaning he went to the top religious people and said, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, yeah, because they thought that following Jesus was wrong. Paul thought to himself, like, Jesus, he's not the son of God. God didn't raise Jesus back to life. These are all lies, and Saul wanted to do anything that he could to stop anyone from believing these lies. So, As we pick up our story here, that's exactly what's happening. He's on a mission to stop anybody from believing in Jesus. And here is what happens next. It says, As Saul neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And said, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So this is a fairly big turn of events that takes place. The man who was on a mission to stop anyone who believed in Jesus just meets Jesus. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul's like, who this? And Jesus is like, I'm Jesus the one you are persecuting. Yeah, I'm him alive and talking to you right now. Now, this is a crazy interaction, right? Because Saul's just a person like you and me. He's on a pretty awful mission right now, but he's just a person like you and me, just walking with his friends in the middle of the day, and all of a sudden, this heavenly light show comes down. Saul falls to the ground to protect himself because he has no idea what's going on. Then this voice is booming from heaven, saying his name two times, and then he goes blind. This is insane. This whole interaction is insane. It's also filled with so many important things. Like this light show from heaven, this matters. It has huge implications. Okay, the number of times Jesus says Saul's name, that matters. Okay, the fact that Jesus is even saying anything at all matters. And of course, Saul going blind, all of that matters. All of it has huge implications. We don't have time to get into all of it. But the most important thing that took place, of all the important things that just took place, is that Saul meets Jesus. Saul meets Jesus. The man who believed that Jesus was dead, the man who wanted to murder anybody who followed him, meets Jesus. Now what? Now what, right? Because Acts is the now what book of the Bible, and this is the now what that we're going to talk about today. What happens after you meet Jesus? Now what? Because here's the deal. Whether we've met Jesus or not, we want to know the answer to this question. 
Because if we have met Jesus, if we do know him, if we do have a relationship with him, if we do follow him, we want to know what we're supposed to be doing. And if we've never met Jesus, if we don't know him, if we don't have a relationship with him, we want to know why in the world would anybody ever want to. So what happens after you meet Jesus? Now what? Well, the first thing is this. Uh, After you meet Jesus, you are called something new. After you meet Jesus, you are called something new, and we'll learn about that as we jump back into our story again. Remember, at this point in the story, Saul is blind, okay? He's been blinded by this light and all this stuff that just took place. And then the story goes on to say that God calls on a man named Ananias, uh, who happens to be a follower of Jesus, and he says, hey, Ananias, I want you to go find this man named Saul. I want you to pray for him, and I want you to heal him. Uh, And here is Ananias' response to God. He says, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Essentially, Ananias says to God, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, you, you can't mean Saul. Like, you can't mean him. Saul is a persecutor of people like me, Christians, followers of you. I'm not in the mood to get arrested or beaten or killed today. You can't mean him. I ain't going to pray for him. You can't mean Saul. And here's how God responds to Ananias. Go. Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. God says, Go. God says to Ananias, this man is no longer who you think he is. I know what he's done. I know what you call him. I know what other people call him. But do you know what I call him? I call him my chosen instrument. My chosen instrument. The world calls him a murderer. I call him mine. When Saul meets Jesus, he is called something new. He is called my chosen instrument. And cool thing is, good news for us is the same thing is true for you and I. When you and I meet Jesus, we are called something new. Now again, because of Saul's past, he's been called a murderer and a persecutor. But once he meets Jesus, he is called my chosen instrument. And for many of us, because of our past, because of the things that we've done, we've been called some horrible things as well. Because of the things that we've done, maybe we've been called a failure or a liar or an adulterer or an alcoholic or a screw-up. And that's bad enough. We get called that by other people. But because we get called that by other people, in our own hearts and in our own minds, we call ourselves the same things. And because of that, we call ourselves not enough and we call ourselves stupid and we call ourselves worthless and all of these other horrible things. And honestly, it breaks my heart to even list all of these things out these things that people have called you and me, these things that you and I call ourselves. But once more, again, the good news is that when we meet Jesus, we are called something new. Once more, it doesn't get worse than the stuff Saul did, okay? He murdered people, and yet God calls him mine. And for you and I, maybe we've made some mistakes before, but the Bible actually lays out what God calls people who have met Jesus. He calls them loved. He calls them friend, redeemed, bold, protected, confident, strong, masterfully made, fearless, and free. When we meet Jesus, we are called something new. 
And after we've met Jesus, this is all we will ever be called. So, once more, when we meet Jesus, we are called something new. And the next thing is after we meet Jesus, we are called to something new. Called something new, and we are called to something new. So back to Ananias once more. He's like, hey, God, like, I don't want to go pray for Saul. He's a bad dude. God's like, yep, you should do it. Here's what it says. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Ananias listens to God. Then it says, immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So this is obviously a miracle, right? That he receives his sight again. But do you know the thing that stands out to me? this word immediately. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. It wasn't a long process. Okay, it didn't take weeks. God says, Saul, you're my chosen instrument. I've got big plans for you. I'm going to change you right now. I'm going to do something new in you right now. And he does, right? It says Saul gets baptized, speaking of being made new. And by the way, quick pause here across campuses, network churches. How incredible was 40 baptisms at our Embrace Churches Isn't that amazing? Can we put it up for that? (laughs) Baptism is this incredible picture of God making us new. But again, immediately. Immediately, Saul is healed. And then it says he regains his strength after recovering from all the heavenly light show, from losing his sight, from being knocked to the ground, from not eating for a little bit. It says he regains his strength. And then this. It says Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And then it said at once, He began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So once more, at once, immediately, God calls Saul something new. And immediately, Saul starts doing new stuff. Okay, he's no longer a murderer. He's no longer a persecutor. Instead, he's God's chosen instrument. And he starts doing something new. He's called to something new. And after you and I meet Jesus, we are called to something new as well. And before we get to us, I just want to share just a little bit more about Saul, because Saul, he was called to a lot. Some of you may know this, but Saul actually became uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, crazy enough, it's kind of confusing. He was actually born with two names. Uh, he was born as Saul, which was his Hebrew name, and then also Paul, which was his Greek name. So kind of confusing. He was always Paul and Saul. But the, uh, the Bible, it makes a very clear distinction. After all of this stuff took place, although after all the stuff we've learned today, the Bible only calls him the Apostle Paul going forward. And again, the Apostle Paul, he was called to a lot. He was one of the first ever missionaries. He traveled to over 50 countries sharing with people like you and me about Jesus. He was credited with planting somewhere between 14 and 20 churches. Paul wrote at least 13 books in the Bible. So he impacted thousands of people in person on these missionary journeys, but with his, his, uh, his uh, contributions to the Bible, he impacted billions of people for Christ, billions of people. And all of this, all of this impact, not because Saul was so great, because we know that he wasn't. No, all of these things happened because Paul, he met Jesus. Because once more, when we meet Jesus, we are called to something So, what about us? What about you and me? If we've we've met Jesus, what new thing are you called to? 
Does your life after meeting Jesus look any different from your life before meeting him? It should, because again, once more, immediately, at once, God starts to do new things in our life after we've met Jesus. So once more, what new thing are you called to? Maybe you're called to share your faith with somebody that you love. Maybe you're called to use your time differently. So many of us have been given so many gifts and talents and passions to use for the good of people around you. What new thing are you called to do? Maybe you're called to start something, maybe a business or a nonprofit or a relationship with somebody. Maybe you're called to stop something, an injustice that you see, a relationship with somebody. Maybe you're called to stop doing something that's hurting you and the people around you. When we meet Jesus, we are called to something new immediately and right now. Now, I know that all of this is kind of hard. At least it is for me. I know believing that you're called something new is sometimes really hard to believe. And I know that after we've met Jesus, knowing what we've been called to can be really hard. Again, it has been for me. I met Jesus when I was 21 years old. It was the summer before my senior year in college. Um, so one more time with this Aladdin photo here, we'll take a look at that. Uh, that, that young man there uh, had never met Jesus before. And so even though I looked really good on the outside, right, uh, with my sweet earring and my hair, it looked like I was in relatively good shape. On the inside, I didn't look very good at all. On the inside, I was lost. I was selfish. I was immature. My relationship with the girl in the photo next to me was not a healthy one. We would fight constantly. I would pressure her to do things that she didn't want to do. I would lie and manipulate to get my way. Now, thankfully, when we got to college, that relationship ended. Because again, that that girl in the photo, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, Jessie, she met Jesus and started to do something new with her life. And the new thing that she did was end an unhealthy relationship. When Jessie met Jesus, she knew that she was worth more being manipulated and used. When Jessie met Jesus, she was called to end a relationship with someone who was nothing like Jesus. And that was a decision that I didn't understand at the time, but I am so thankful for now. Because spoiler alert, I eventually met Jesus myself. And now my wife calls me the man that she'd always been praying for. But it wasn't after so many mistakes, so many failures, so many regrets on my part. And I've spent so much of my life wondering, how could I ever be used by God after all the things that I've done? How could I ever be called something new when I knew all the dark truths of my past? How could I ever be called to something new? How could I ever make an impact for good when I knew that I did so much that wasn't good? And never have I ever felt that in a more profound way than when I was asked to come and be a pastor at a church. And a pastor at a church, no less, on the west side of Sioux Falls, right near 26 and Sertoma Avenue, blocks people, just blocks from some of my biggest mistakes, some of my biggest failures, some of my biggest regrets of my entire life. I already felt incredibly inadequate to take a job as a pastor, but then I had to worry about what people might say when they found out I was one. Him? 
Do you remember what he did? Do you remember who he was? Do you remember all that stuff? Him? He's a pastor? You've got to be kidding me. It can't be him. Here's the deal. This is the last probably important thing that I'll say, the last maybe memorable thing that I will say to you and to me. Unless we start doing new stuff, we're going to keep getting called the same things. For you and I, unless we start doing new things, we're going to keep getting called the same stuff. And we're going to keep calling ourselves the same stuff. Okay, you used to be called an adulterer. God calls you redeemed. Start doing new stuff. And that's all ever God is going to call you. And that's all you'll ever call yourself. These things go hand in hand. We're called something new. But for some of us, it takes doing new stuff in order to believe it. Some of us have been called liars and worthless and alcoholics and addicts and all of these other horrible things. Do you know what God calls you? He calls you loved. He calls you strong. He calls you masterfully made. He calls you confident, fearless, and free. And if you and I, if we start doing new stuff, that's all we'll ever be called. Now, one more spoiler alert. I eventually said yes to becoming a pastor. Despite my fears, despite my doubts, despite my my inadequacies, despite worrying what everybody else was going to say, I said yes, because guess what? When you follow Jesus, you get called to some new stuff, some stuff that you might not be comfortable with. But guess what? God goes with you in those things. In order for me to start believing that I was something new, I needed to start doing something new. These things go hand in hand. When we meet Jesus, we're called something new, but we're also called to something new. And I bet for you, you might still be calling yourself some of the same old stuff. And it might take you starting to do some new stuff in order for you to stop. God has a big purpose in store for you. He has a big plan for you. If you've met Jesus, he calls you a completely new thing, and he calls you to a completely new thing. You might not know what it is yet, but I promise he's got something for you. Lean in. Trust him. Ask him. After we meet Jesus, we're called something new, and we're called to something new. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this story of Saul We thank you for the transformation of him into the Apostle Paul, who's impacted so many of us, and we thank you that that's a picture of what you can do with us. God, you've chosen every single one of of us. Saul isn't your only chosen instrument, God. It's all of us, Lord. So I pray that we would meet you. I pray that we would come in contact with you, that you would come into our lives and that we would know that you are there And you would teach us the new names that you call us. That you teach us new things to call ourselves, God. And that you would call us to some new things that will impact your world for your good, Lord. Would you teach us those things? Would you show us those things? We believe that you can because you did it before and you will do it again. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you so much for Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.